Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, good evening and welcome to the Big Red Bench on a busy, busy Saturday of sport. Loads of stuff going on on the show tonight. We reflect on a disappointing afternoon for the Irish women's rugby team. They were beaten 56 points to 15 by France in the Women's Six Nations today. Reaction to that to come, we cross live to Valerie at Energia Park as well. We're talking Premier League and FA Cup, a big weekend in both competitions. We'll chat to Ireland and Liverpool legend Ronnie Whelan later on. He's looking ahead to all the rest of the games across the weekend and a disappointing night for Cork City last night we'll hear from Colin Healy and Kean Coleman about City's defeat to Shelburne but better for Cove Ramblers last night they had a good win in Wexford and we'll hear from one of the goal scorers Killian Cooper as well all that plenty more to come here on the bench between now and 6 o'clock this evening How are you? It's Colm O'Sullivan with you on the bench until 7 o'clock we've got a busy busy show tonight as I said so much to come uh, we're chatting Premier League later on uh, with Ronnie Whedon he'll be here looking ahead uh, straight off the golf course was Ronnie sunburnt and off the golf course when I was chatting to him and uh, he's going to be talking about all the rest of the games across the weekend we will have reaction from Cork City's very very disappointing defeat to Shelburne last night and it's three defeats on the bounce from for Cork City now in the SSE Airtricity League First Division um, and they'll be hoping to turn things around surely next weekend because they only have one win from four games so we'll have all the reaction to that game I was down in Turners Cross myself last night at that match City losing 3-1 to Shelburne we'll hear from City boss Colin Healy and all also from Key and Coleman and uh, we will as I said have reaction from Cove Ramblers as well they had a much better night last night winning 2-1 in Wexford and uh, their first win of the season and that's four points from the last two games now for Cove Ramblers so they are certainly turning their season around but it is the early stages of the first division season so we'll hear from City and Cove a little bit later but um, first of all we're going to wrap up some of the day's sport for you lots of stuff going on as I mentioned Ireland have been beaten 56 points to 15 in their women's six nations uh, in association with Guinness today and Valerie Wheeler was up at Energia Park in Dublin for us at that game and here's our full time reports France 56 Ireland 15 at full time in the women's six nations in association with Guinness a quick start to the second half for France as Caroline Bougard got her second try of the day within the first 30 seconds changes were made to the Irish team and Amy Lee Murphy Crowe got her first cap off the bench France stayed determined as Roman Menage swerved to the outside and finished in the corner where France secured their seventh in the 56th minute Bouchard was not the only player to get a second one over the line in today's game, as Ciel Benet joined her. Emer Constein did get some really important tackling, saving Ireland from conceding even more in the second half. But Ireland did start to show some aggression as Emer Huben walked the ball over the line with some power, followed by a very impressive conversion from the touchline by Stacey Flood, who has played immense in this decider. Never give up attitude was on show from Adam Griggs' side in the closing moments, but Le Bleu's dominance, the difference and the damage done in the first half. A disappointing afternoon for Ireland and they now await the winners of Scotland and Italy to find out who they will play next weekend. And France are the ones to face England. It is full time in the Women's Six Nation Association with Guinness. It is France at 56, Ireland at 15. 
So a very, very uh, disappointing defeat for Ireland today in the Women's Six Nations. We'll chat to Valerie. We'll go live to Energia Park in just a few minutes. Valerie is still there for us and we'll have reaction from the Ireland camp later on in the show as well. But uh, elsewhere today, plenty football today as well, both Premier League and FA Cup action today. Uh, the big game of the day is in the FA Cup and it is Man City up against Chelsea. Man City going for a, tr- a quadruple. I was going to say a treble. Never mind that. They're going for a quadruple. They could possibly win the FA Cup. The... Um, the, the the League Cup they're in the final of that next week the Premier League as well obviously and the Champions League they're still in as well so they're in with a great shout of winning all of those could they do a quadruple no team has ever done it before so who knows but at the moment at Stamford Bridge Art Wembley actually is where the game is on the semi-final it's Chelsea nil, Man City nil. 30 minutes on the clock there we'll keep you bang up to date with that game earlier on today in the Premier League Newcastle they're struggling down the wrong end of the table all season really under Steve Bruce but they have had back-to-back wins now because they beat high-flying West West Ham 3-2 in their Premier League game at St. James's Park today and Stephen Goldsmith was there for us. Newcastle 3, West Ham 2, drama here with a goal from Willick to win it. On as a sub, he powered home a header. West Ham had come from two down thanks to Diop and a Lingard penalty. That was with ten men too. Dawson sent off for a second yellow card in the build-up to Newcastle's opener. Diop scoring at the wrong end for that one. Fabianski's mistake allowed Joe Linton to make a two for the home side, who nearly messed the whole thing up, but took it in the end. Newcastle 3, West Ham 2. Well, West Ham have been having an amazing season, haven't they? I mean... Before that defeat today, they were in the top four. They remain in the Champions League qualification places, one point ahead of fifth-placed Chelsea, who are in action in the FA Cup this weekend. And um, like it is going to be tough for them, in fairness, for West Ham. Nobody would have ever predicted West Ham would ever even be in contention for the Champions League or anywhere near it. You'd expect West Ham probably more likely to be down towards a relegation battle, but they are up there battling for the Champions League. And um, David Moyes, despite other teams having a game in hand over them now, He's still fairly relaxed, as he would be. No frustration whatsoever. Players are doing brilliant. We're we're at it. We we came. We put on a good performance. We didn't get the result we wanted, but overall the players are doing a great job. We're without a few injured players, and we've put on a, another decent show. We want to keep trying to score goals, but uh, we need to stop conceding them as well. Yeah, they do need to stop conceding them because there's been quite a few games recently when West Ham have gone three 0 up, um, and they've, they've ended up like drawing or winning three two. And uh, today they were on the wrong end of it, though. Newcastle winning three two in that game in the Premier League earlier. Newcastle have been down the wrong end of the table all season, but uh, they're now nine points clear of the relegation zone after that win today. And Steve Bruce, he's he's a bit happier, but he said the victory was hard to watch today. I've always said that this job comes with a government health warning. I think I was I couldn't. Have been more pleased at half time when we played the way we did we were arguably better against 11 than we were 10 the human nature is to defend what you've got and go deep yeah, they were 2-0 up at uh, half-time and West Ham came back into it 2-all and they managed to get the, the winner to win 3-2. So Steve Bruce will be absolutely delighted with that. As we said, uh, Man City and Chelsea still ongoing and that remains scoreless at Wembley in the FA Cup semi-final. Uh, 33 minutes on the clock there now in that match. Uh, later on this evening as well, more Premier League action. It is Wolves taking on bottom of the table, Sheffield United, who have had a horrendous season. Um, after kind of coming up to the Premier League and doing wonderful things last year, they had a disaster of a season this year and uh, we'll chat more about that game and all the weekend's football with Ronnie Whelan later on in the show as well but right now I do want to go back to Energia Park and to that big big game today um, in the women's Six Nations Ireland and France Ireland we're going into that game on a high after beating Wales last weekend and there was a lot of confidence ahead of the France game but it wasn't to be and in the end they ended up taking a bit of a spanking it finished 
56-15 in favour of the French. Valerie was up there for us. And uh, Valerie, uh, she's on the line now. It was like it was a disappointing one today, really, wasn't it, for Ireland? Yeah, do you know what? I think because of maybe their performance against Wales last week, Colm, you know, I think a lot was expected of them this week. I think maybe I myself was putting pressure on them, media putting pressure on them. Maybe they put a bit of pressure on themselves because Wales were not really a good test for them last week, you know. And then they faced France this week, who were a total beast altogether, a total different ball game. And you know what? We thought because they give such Wales such a hammering that they'd be well able to France. Now, it was a big step up for them, but I don't honestly think, uh, Colin, that the scoreline reflected their performance really because players really did put their hand up you know they did try their best it's just that there's such a massive difference between Ireland and France you know France are semi-professional like that's what it comes down to I think Colm I think a lot of people will question the Women's Six Nations especially now that it's the, the format that it is for this year due to Covid and that teams haven't had the chance to play other teams normally in a year like this they'd play everyone but this year it's, it's whittled down there's less games and just the just the difference in them being semi-professional and amateurs is just really what it boils down to and the funding of course Funding is a huge issue there and I mean in any sport if you've amateurs playing against semi-pros or pros it's, it's, it's quite a gulf like isn't it? Yeah, and you know what? Like, I'd have to admit that those players and the Irish team, they, they, they themselves think they're. You know, I think they're professional. They think that they're professional. They train professionally. They train on the professional grounds. They have the best coaches, the best S and Cs. You know, the best in the business are there coaching them, and even the players themselves are amazing. But you have to remember that, like, it must be very difficult for them because, Colin, they all have full time jobs. They're working thirty nine hours a week, and then they're trying to play rugby at the same times that there's some of them that are like you know they're delivery drivers they're yep. nurses they're like medical scientists so like their jobs are quite difficult behind the scenes as well and not only have they to go out and put on the green jersey and play for their country but they have a normal life that they have to live as well so that's also a factor in it you know of course and just looking at today's game then did ireland kind of lose it in the first half valerie a couple of errors that kind of gifted france the first two tries yeah, completely, uh, completely. It was the first half was the damage, and unfortunately, that's where it ended for them, you know. And that's where France got the momentum. They were completely dominant, you know. Ireland had some few errors, and it's not down to well, it's not down to specific players making those errors and stuff, you know. Because they did early signs for Ireland, it was great, you know. And they got an opportunity from the line out. They got their first, they got the first score on the board, which was nice. It probably calmed a lot of their nerves. But there were some huge hits then after that, and France were a strong side you know like uh, they were just being so encouraged by the sideline as well I couldn't get over how vocal they were um, I maybe you hear that because there's no crowds now mm. but you know I, I just think that the variety of players that France have and then the depth of their squads sure like there's players on the bench there that should be starting so when, when you're tired and you're getting big hits and you see someone new and fresh legs coming on in the 17th minute you're thinking oh god even <laughs> if you're an Ireland player you know I, I, especially with the players that come on some of those hits I kind of the bodies will be sore tomorrow Colin I can guarantee you that but players for France like Caroline Bouchard she's just absolutely outstanding and then like beside her then is Emmeline Boulard and the two of them are just so dangerous together you know yeah. they're just they're, they play attacking rugby like they're amazing I mean Colin they are amazing to watch and they weren't at full throttle today France and from the Irish perspective did any Irish players in particular stick out for you Valerie? 
Yeah, to be honest, I thought Emer Considine played really well today. You know, she was really trying to make it happen for them. I thought that she was extremely important in the second half because she got some ferocious tackles and there were one-on-one tackles now and taking on big, strong French players. I just thought she played absolutely great and she, you know, if it wasn't for her, I think there'd be a lot more tries going over that line in the second half of France. Someone else that stood out to me was seventh player, Stacey Flood. She's come in this year and I know that they've had 20 camps together but like when you're coming in as seventh player to 15, it's a total different game. Um, I spoke to her afterwards, you might hear a little later on, yeah. but you know what, she's just enjoying the experience, she's delighted to get the opportunity, and when she came on, she took a um, she took a kick, and I, I actually shared it on my Twitter there, and I was, I, do you know you're in the moment, you don't really take into consideration <laughs> the kick, but looking back at it there, when I'm sitting in the car, I was like, oh my God, that was a serious kick, so I just think they're just two of many, you know, that would did stand out to me, and there's plenty of positives to take from this, and they know themselves what they need to work on, but next week is so big for them. Column. Great stuff, Valerie. All right, we're going to come back to it later on in the show, and we will, as you said, you have been chatting to uh, to some of the Ireland, some within the Ireland camp. So we'll hear more of that later on in the show as well. But listen, we we'll let you get in the road, and thanks a million for all your coverage of the game today. Thanks. I'm off home to get a supermax. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. Curry chips. <laughs> thanks, Valerie. She has me hungry now for the, the curry chips. Um, nice one. That's Valerie up in Dublin at the Ireland game today. It finished, as we said, um, Ireland 15, France 56. Unfortunately, the final score there. And we will come back to that match later on in the show and get some reaction. We'll hear from the Ireland manager, Adam Griggs, before 7 o'clock. But right now, we're going to turn our attentions to football. And just like it was a disappointing evening for the Ireland women's rugby team today, it was a very disappointing evening for Cork City at Turner's Cross last night. Cork City beat by fiercest old rivals Shelburne 3-1 the final score in Turner's Cross last night it looked good for City early on uh, City took an early lead through Dylan McGlade Shells equalised before a disaster struck for City when they had striker Jack Walsh sent off and I, I was there last night and it was over the far side and I was trying to trying to make out what was going on it was kind of hard within the melee to see what was going on but uh, he was sent off by the ref and then City um, adjusted things at half time but Shells got an early goal in the second half and a late goal then to wrap up the win as well so it finished Cork City 1 Shelburne 3 Roy O'Hagan was on commentary last night on LOI TV and uh, I want to see what he thought of the match last night I want to see what he thought of the sending off did he have a better view than me how's it going Roar? All right, Colm. Uh, well, not great after last night's <laughs> result, it has to be said. Disappointing and three defeats on the bounce. It hasn't really been a good start to the season, has it? No, it certainly hasn't. And I don't think anyone would have anticipated that Cork City would have just three points from their opening four games. Um, there were signs of improvement last week against Atlanta. Mm-hmm. They played well despite the result. But just last night, um, even when they went ahead, Shelburne still looked the better team. They looked a bit more organised, a bit more composed on the ball. Had a clear strategy. Um, defensively, they were very good. They put Cork City under an awful lot of pressure when City didn't have the ball, and their set pieces were absolutely uh, fantastic last night. Georgie Poynton put in a terrific uh, corner for the goal that Ali Kilchrist had at home for the equaliser, and they were excellent all over the park. And I suppose it's a sign, or it's um, I suppose it shows just how far City have to go in their in their process. Because let, let's be honest, right? Colin Healy is only in this job since his yeah. first full year in charge it's going to take a while for him to build a team for the team to gel for him to get a style of play across uh, and for them to grow people expecting a title challenge um, it, it's not going to happen in the first year it needs time it needs patience um, Cork City fans I suppose not really renowned for their patience I suppose 
sport fans in general aren't known for the patience and want success immediately but it is going to take a while for this for this to, to bear fruit and it's patience is what required is what's required yeah. at the moment I think Colin. I think so or I agree totally because if you look at Cork City for the last two to three years probably definitely two and a half years since John Coffey left the club has kind of been in limbo there's been a lot of players have come and gone from the club there's been a, a few different managers Colin Healy is there now and he's really almost starting from scratch again this season in the first division the project is to get City back up to the Premier Division as soon as possible but that might not necessarily happen this season that could be next season it could be a kind of a two year project the thing about it though if you think about the first division and I said this to Colin last night when I was chatting to him and we'll hear from Colin Healy shortly but the first division it's such a competitive league there's so many teams we've seen who are capable of, of taking points off each other even at this early stage you've won automatic place but all the way down to fifth you can get the playoffs. So you you will remain competitive right till the end of the season as long as you're picking up a few points along the way. So, I mean, City definitely have a good chance still of getting those playoffs, don't they? Yeah, the thing is, Colm, City are only three points off the playoff spots at this stage. Look, it's only four games gone in the season. It is going to take time. This first division, uh, it's been well flagged and we've talked about it a lot on air and between ourselves. It's so competitive this year and it is the team's going to take points off each other throughout the course of the season. So it's uh, panic. It's not time for panic stations. It's only four games into it. Three defeats on the bounce. It's not good. But it is just the start of the season as well. So look... It's going to take time. Um, Shelburne were very, very good last night. The big talking point, Cullum, um, yeah. I'd love to get your views on it as well, is Jack Walsh is sending mm. off last night. Um, it was on the far side. Um, I couldn't really see it properly. Look back uh, on LOI TV and the uh, camera angle, and I suppose it was zoomed out. It was hard to see what happened there. It looked like um, just Jack Walsh had a bit of a coming together the Shelburne player and and um, it just he kind of pushed him back to the ground when they were both getting back up um, there's a suggestion that he may that he may have like pushed his face and that's why the reaction was the way it was because the Shelburne bench erupted last night and um, the players reacted to that and the Shelburne player Farrell just stayed down holding his face um, the referee had to go to talk to his his linesman on the far side and he had to talk to the fourth official that happened in front of them it took a while for them to decide didn't it took a while for them to decide um, I've been watching it back a few times I'm still not convinced it's a red card yeah. um, I am, I'm obviously going to say that's biased for Cork City <laughs> anyway but I'm not convinced it was red card and that changed the entire game then because it's one all um, with 11 men you think you know, you're still with a chance here um, and then to go down to 10 against a team that is well organised and contains such good players yeah. as Shelburne have because there's excellent players all over the pitch there, and they have some experienced players as well don't they and when you're taking bringing on your Yamadi like with about yeah. a half an hour left to go like he scored 16 goals for UCD in the first division last year I mean like he was incredible 16 goals in 18 games and to bring him on for the last half an hour just shows you the strength and depth that they have and when you're looking at Cork City's bench last night who's going to come on and change the game they brought on Benny O'Brien with Martin he worked hard but they are lacking up front a little bit mm. but that's going to take time for the goals to come but look it's a disappointing I'm trying I'm, I'm I can tell you're trying positive. to be as positive as possible Roar and I think we all are but I mean it is three defeats on the bounce and it is very very disappointing um, but I do think last night the sending off changed the game I mean City were very much in it up to then Shell's work 
coming back into the game they had equalised but it was one all if it was 11 men against 11 you might have fancied City to get at least a draw maybe sneak a win at home but I think we all got the feeling and I certainly had the feeling once Jack Walsh got sent off I I, I turned around and I was like we're never going to win this and I just had that 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 sense and I think I think that might have been the sense on the pitch as well with the players yeah, and look, Colin Hugh changed things around in the second half. He went five at the back with King Coleman dropping in. So his message was obviously just to contain and maybe to try and hit them on the counter. But then you've only got three men in the middle of the park. You're going to be overrun on the wings. And Shelburne did a very, very good job of stretching um, Cork City out wide last night because Kevin O'Connor he pushed up on the left-hand side and Barker on the right-hand side as well. The two full-backs pushed up and created a lot of width mm. and uh, really stretched out Cork City midfield three who were overrun. Dale Holland coming on for Dylan McLeod at half-time as well. And he worked hard and um, it was just hard for him to get any kind of grip on the game at that stage. And then when you've got five at the back, you're inviting Shelburne on and to concede within two minutes of the restart a nice finish by Farrell but the ball should never have gotten that far to him it was massively disappointing then you're a goal down you've gone five at the back you're down to ten it's always going to be an uphill battle from there I thought Shelburne's class just showed because they held onto the ball very very well made City chase shadows and uh, they didn't um, commit too many players forward to the attack because they knew they, they'd lead themselves up to the counter-attack I thought they played a very yeah. intelligent game when they went uh, two goals to one up last night and the Maddie with a penalty at the end just to add to the gloss to the scorer line it's a fair result so you can't argue with that and uh, credit to Shelburne who I thought were excellent last night Absolutely we're going to hear now from Cork City manager Colin Healy and obviously I wanted to get Colin Healy's view on the sending off because it happened right in front of him it was right in front of the two dugouts where, this, where the incident happened with Jack Walsh. So I wanted to see what Colin Healy made of it and I asked him about that but first I started off just asking him his general reaction to the game and obviously he was disappointed. Um, yeah, I was. I just said, listen, we got a good goal, we got a penalty. As I said, we're going well and um, obviously um, we got a sending off and it changed the game completely. What did you make of the sending off? You were right over near it. I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it back on, on, on the video so I can't really comment on it. But it's... Um, Listen, if he does, if he does straight go with him, listen, it's a silly thing to do, like, because you're, you're in the game. Listen, it's hard enough with eleven players, but very difficult in the um, second half with ten. With John DeKean Coleman, and he was saying the consensus amongst the players is that it wasn't ascending off. Would you need to see it back before you could kind of say the way? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I have to listen. There's no point me coming out here saying it was it, or it wasn't. I just have to I have to see it back to be to be 100 percent sure now. What did you make of performance? I mean, he came out quite strong at the start, got the goal, went one 0 up, sending off changed the game, and then you were right up against it. And Shelburne are quite a good side as well. Yeah, you know, we we, we were right up against it. Yeah, as I said, we we had a we we changed it to a back five. We came out in the second half to a back five, and we see if we can just hold them off maybe for the last 10, 15 minutes to have a goal. And then we brought the two boys on up top, went to small but direct, but um, it wasn't to be in the end. Oh, Nick, any, any equaliser at the end there? You kind of went right out attacking at the end. No, we did, we did, we did last bit. We brought him in for the last probably fifteen minutes, and we went two up top. Um, obviously, taking chances, saying, "Listen, so it's um, but it wasn't to be, but it's um, it's um, it's disappointing to to, to say the least." It's three defeats on the bounce now, unfortunately. Um, got off to a good start here against Cove and three defeats on the bounce. So overall, you you prefer to have more points on the board by now, obviously. Of course we would. Of course we would. Yeah, like, but it's as I said, as I said, when you get a sending off there after what is it, twenty minutes or something like that, it's going to be very difficult against a good side. But it's um, yeah, we need to we need to step it up. Everybody needs to step it up because at the moment it's not good enough. 
long season ahead at the same time then I mean it's only four games in it's going to be a very competitive league we can see the way results are going overall in the league it's going to be a very very competitive league and there's a lot a lot to play for because a lot of teams will be involved in terms of playoffs and so on yeah no it will we knew that coming into it as I said listen yes we got a young team um, the first division is probably the strongest it's ever been but it's um, but we need to do better there's no hiding, point hiding behind that yes three defeats but we need to do better and everybody needs to do better so a few harsh words after tonight no it wasn't a few harsh words listen I, I, I don't really don't want to go you know get too personal with them and all that kind of stuff no it's just that we need to be better we need to be better when teams come down here we've got to make it difficult for them at the moment it's not Stephen Beatty was in the team sheet uh, and he warmed up as well obviously a late injury before kickoff. he's injured his hamstring that's that's been a problem from the last few weeks, is it? Ah, uh, he was he was back training. He was back training, but um, he felt it on Thursday. So we just um, thought he might be okay, but he's struggling warm. So we pulled him out. Two away games now after this, Colin. Treaty up next, and um, they're a good side as well. It's going to be tough. It is, as I said, every every game's going to be tough from now on. So it's um, we come back in one day and we we we'll, um, we focus for Treaty on on Friday night. So we get ready for that one. So you heard in that interview there, Roar, as I said, the incident happened right in front of Colin Healy, but he didn't see it. Of course he didn't. And he said he'd have to watch... He'd have to watch Arsene Wenger. Arsene Wenger. (laughs) That's what I wanted to say to him. And um, he he said he'd have to watch it back to be able to comment on it. Um, So he he didn't want to give a view on it. But, um, I mean, he probably had to see it really, didn't he? Actually, there's no way he couldn't have seen it unless he, his eyes were just uh, averted for a second. I mean, like it happened right in front of him. Again, I think it's the reaction of the Shelburne bench that gets Walsh sent off, to be yeah. honest. I mean, like, you look at the incident, someone pushes you to the ground like that, you're not going to go down holding your face like you've been shot. It's embarrassing. <laughs> Come here. It's absolutely embarrassing. Like, you're you're supposed to be a grown adult and you're you're rolling around the floor holding your face. We saw no it in the Premier League as well last week with Son, didn't we, in the, in the Man United yeah. and Spurs game? And the goal yeah, disallowed there. And he uh, threw himself down as well for a very innocuous kind of little tap yeah, in the face. It's very frustrating. I mean, like, I think back, like, and you've played football as well, Oliver. Yeah. If you did that when you were playing football, you would just be laughed at and told to get up and cop on. Uh, but look, he gets a man sent off and he helps secure the win. I mean, like, who's laughing now, I guess? You know what I mean? But, like, again, it's the reaction of the Shelburne bench and it's the reaction of the players. I mean, like, all the players, by the, the two keepers, were um, in that little melee, that little mm. huddle just in front of the, the fourth official last night, right in the halfway line. And it's just one of those things. I mean, like... Again, it's the reaction. It's, it's, I'm frustrated by it. I didn't think it was a red card. I, uh, I think Shelburne might have gone on to win the game anyway because they looked like a better team than Cork City. But it's frustrating when you play an hour of the game with 10 players after what looked like an innocuous Absolutely. enough coming together. Yeah. Um, just a word. Uh, we're going to play for uh, Keen Coleman's interview in just a second as well. He said it was a sending off. So we'll play that in a few minutes. But just before we leave you go, Roar, very quickly a word for Cove last night. A good win for them against Wexford 2 1. Yeah, and they badly needed as well because they had a poor start to the season and they needed to get points uh, on the board. And look, they they are a good team. They have an excellent manager in Stuart Ashton. And I suppose defeat, that big defeat to UCD was kind of a bit out of character for mm. them getting back on the horse last week against Treaty United. One all draw there. I spoke to Stuart about that during the week and he was a little point, disappointed, didn't capitalise on, on uh, having 11 versus 10 for a lot of that game as well. But some uh, a good performance last night against Wexford I've been kind of skimming through it this morning on yeah. LY TV and good goals from Kieran Griffin uh, and Killian Cooper with a cracking goal as well a little mazy run firing past the keeper and that's a fantastic win uh, for Cove Ramblers that'll do their confidence the world of good 
and they, I thought they were excellent against Cork City in opening day very yeah. well organised very well structured you could tell us Stewart had them very very well coached and a fantastic result for them and uh, fingers crossed it uh, leads to a good run of form now for Ramblers because uh, they have I think the ability to mount a, a run for promotion this season Absolutely so um, contrasting nights for the two Cork sides in the first division in the League of Ireland last night Roar thanks a million and uh, Roar is back on the bench tomorrow night as well Cheers Carl Nice one. And uh, we will hear from Kean Coleman in just a sec. Also going to hear from Killian Cooper. We'll be chatting to him about Cove Ramblers 2-1 win over Wexford in a few minutes' time as well. But uh, just update your latest score in the FA Cup semi-final. Still scoreless. Half-time now at Wembley. Chelsea nil, Man City nil. We will hear now from Kean Coleman, Cork City midfielder, uh, playing last night for City. And he was obviously disappointed at full-time. Kean, a disappointing result tonight, especially after taking the lead early on. Yeah, it's tough. Um, obviously, we were one and up. When we're in the game, like they get, we get a player sent off, like which is never a red card, like, and you're just up against it from there, like so. It's a tough one today. Um, I mean, season started so well against Cove with the win, and it's three defeats on the bounce now. That must be tough to take for the team. Definitely, yeah. Uh, look, it's a tough division. Every team battles, like I suppose. The two games before this, like we just create, didn't create enough chances, couldn't score. Tonight, like I said, we're in the game all the way, and then ten men. It's you're up against the straightaway end, you know. So it's tough for everyone in there, like it hurts, like. But all we can do is go back to training Monday and work hard again. But it's not good enough, obviously, like. As you said, the sending off changed the game. What, what did you make of the incident? Definitely wasn't right card, like. It's just their bench shouts louder. The referee didn't even give it. I don't think. I think with the fourth official gave it, saying he slapped him in the face. No, never right card. I don't think in there. That the general consensus in the team, definitely. But like, sure, it doesn't matter. Look, we're done the same. We to deal with it. Then, so can see goals. Like, it's not good enough that way. But like, like I said, we're up against it. But we still have to defend the game. Like, what did you make of your own performance, like in? Look, my performance doesn't matter. Like, to you know, it's, uh, there's eleven players out there. Like, and we weren't good enough. That's the bottom line. Like, so. Um, Shelburne are a good side. I mean, they're, they're going to be right up there all season. Um, but at the home games, you'd like to be getting points here. I mean, it's two home games um, on the bounce now. No points. Definitely, yeah. Look, the away games as well. We want to get points from like every game. You know, like I said, every game is a battle. It comes down to not good enough. Like we're not creating enough, we're not scoring enough. But tonight, obviously, it's worse to take because of what happened. Like, but you know, look, it's just not good enough. It's still early days in the season. In fairness, I mean, um, it's only four games in. It's a long season in the first division, and there's a lot to play for it because there are playoff places to play for. So, I mean, there's still a great chance of, of getting promoted, of getting playoffs, of, of of having a good season. What do you do to turn the around from here now? Just go back to training Monday and you know, work out the mistakes, like put them right. Like, but you can't keep letting that happen every week. Like, you know, that's coming next week. A massive game. Like, you know, you lose there. It's horrendous. Like, but it's a massive game next week. And three, we have to win. Two away games now. So hopefully, by the time we're back at the cross here, you'll have a couple of more points on the board. You know, could turn around like that. Like, but it's only us on the pitch that can do it. Like, so. And that's Kean Coleman speaking to me on the pitch in Turner's Cross last night after Cork City's 3-1 defeat to Shelburne. A much better night, as we mentioned with Rory a little while ago. For Cove Ramblers last night, they picked up uh, their first win of the season, winning 2-1 away to Wexford. Cove's goals coming from Kieran Griffin and Killian Cooper. And uh, the man who scored that second goal, Killian Cooper, joins me now. Thanks for joining us, Killian. No problem, Colin. Thanks very much for having me. Um, a great win last night. Cove's first win of the season, and you must be delighted with it. Yeah, it's kind of been coming, to be honest. We've been playing well, but not really getting over the line. But uh, last night kind of helped us a lot. Uh, we um, we worked hard, to be honest. And we kind of got a good performance in the first half. Second half, we weren't the best, but I was kind of, with the tuna lead, we kind of dropped off. But we got it over the line, and we're just delighted to get the win now. Um, I was looking at the goals and I saw Kieran Griffin's goal the first one that was good to get the early lead and that set you up nicely then from there didn't it? Yeah it did kind of a mistake from the keeper to be honest 
But uh, it was unbelievable running from Kiran to be fair to him, like closing him down, giving him no time at all, and got a nice, easy tap and then for himself. Then you got the second one yourself, and I was looking at your goal. Some goal, lovely running right at the keeper, and then kind of from a tight angle, just squeezed it in. Yeah, yeah. I, when I got in the ball, to be honest, I didn't know what to do, but I kind of, <laughs> as the defender came towards me, I kind of knew that he was going to show me around to my left, and because it's my weaker foot, like mm-hmm. obviously. So when I got onto my left, I just kind of hit it as hard as I can across the goal and hope for the best. Have you scored many with your left? Uh, not really, to be honest, no. A uh, big three points for you, as you said. You got the the point against Treaty last week as well, um, and you really bounced back now from that defeat against UCD. Obviously, you might have been, you might have thought you deserved something out of the Cork City game, but you were well beaten by UCD. That probably knocked the confidence a bit, but you've really got it back now in the last two weeks, haven't you? Yeah, we have to be fair. After the UCD game, we was trying to dull our eye for a week or so, but we kind of knew that we we had it in us to get to push up the table, like so. The treaty game, we we were okay, but we kind of we weren't good enough. They had ten men, we didn't move the ball quick enough, and then we kind of knew we could drive on more. And show we showed it again last night how good we can be when we want to be. And you'll be hoping you can you can push on now for the next few weeks and pick up a lot more points, won't you? Yeah, exactly. I hope hold the brain out next week, so hopefully another three points there. That'll be a tough game as well. They'll be hoping to bounce back from defeat too. I think they were they were they they lost last night, didn't they? To Athlone. Yeah. Yeah, so they'll be all guns blazing next week as well, but at home is always a big advantage to be at home, so hopefully we can take the three points again. Um, there's a lot of new players as part of the Cove Rambler squad this year. Stuart Ashton signed a lot of guys. How's it all gelling together now? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of new players to be fair. Now we've, we've getting along well to be fair, just mm. kind of uh, taking that bit more time, you know, because there's so many new players getting used to the way people play and stuff, but last couple of weeks like I said training have been very good again and we've been flying and training so and it's, it's showing in the matches so hopefully we can keep kicking around from here I was chatting to, to Colin Healy and some of the city lads about it last night and we've been saying it a lot over the last few weeks as well um, and it applies to nearly every club in the division really it's an incredibly competitive first division this year I mean so many clubs are all taking points off each other there's a lot of good teams there and there's a hell of a lot to play for it's a very hard one to call who's going to be there or thereabouts as the season goes on isn't it yeah, it is. we actually we were only talking about ourselves last night. As bad as a start as it looks, we just said keep going, and we get even if you get two, three wins in a row in this league, it's it's massive. Like, and we got our win last night, and then we've now we've two home games. So if we can pick up another couple of wins there, we're right back up there again. So that's how close the league is, really. Like it really is, because especially then the way the way that you've the one automatic promotion spot, and you've down to fifth then get you the playoffs so I mean as long as you're picking up points a couple of points here and there you could get up there and you could get into the fourth or fifth spot then you have the playoffs all of a sudden and anything could happen yeah exactly we're just, we're, our aim for the start of the season was aim for as high as we possibly can but at a minimum go for the playoffs and we know as a squad we know what we can do and we can definitely get the playoffs if we keep going the way we're going 100% and um, just just from your own performance last night, obviously you got the goal. Were you happy with things overall? How you played yourself? Yeah, I was happy to be honest. I was uh, I didn't I was a bit tired there towards the end. You could kind of see it. So I kind of came off the end that I didn't play in ninety minutes, and I'd say nearly six or seven months overall the preseason and stuff like that. And I was kind of I was tired at the end, but no, I was really happy with my performance. And even the team overall, we were, I thought we were excellent as a team overall as well. 
And you're back now, as you said, against Bray in St. Coleman's Park next week. Just looking ahead to that game, uh, back in St. Coleman's Park, you're, you're yet to um, yet to get a win there this season. Are you missing the fans there? I know I know the Cork City lads are definitely missing the fans in Turner's Cross, and I think it's a football thing in general. You can see the way, say, even in the Premier League, the way Liverpool are missing the fans at Anfield this year. Will you miss the fans uh, at St. Coleman's Park? Yeah, obviously, it's, it's, a, it's a big plus when the fans are there when you're at home. Like They give you that push, like, you know, you know, the kind of dull spell is there that the fans can push you on and when they're not there you can kind of see that the dull spell has stayed a bit more. Like So obviously the fans are a big part to play so hopefully we can get them back as soon as possible. Great stuff. Listen, Killian, well done last night. Great goal. Uh, it's online in the Cove Ramblers Twitter if anyone wants to have a look at it. Uh, great goal. The second goal for Cove last night and it secured the win because it, it was a 2-1 win against Wexford in the end. Listen, Killian, thanks for chatting to us and we'll chat to you soon and best, best of luck next week against Bray as well, alright? Thanks. Great goal he got last night as well, Killian Cooper. 2-1 win against Wexford for Cove Ramblers last night. It's gas that all our interest in Cork here this year, football-wise, is in the First Division and not the Premier Division with both Cork City and Cove Ramblers playing in the First Division this season. But there are some games underway in the Premier Division of the League of Ireland at the moment. Three six o'clock kickoffs, about a half an hour gone in all those games now. Dundalk, who were having a, a real bad start to the season, a terrible start to the season by their standards, and Shane Keegan uh, resigned from their coaching staff today as well. They're nil all at the moment with St. Pat's. They're still second bottom in the table, Dundalk. St. Pat's up towards the top of the table. Scoreless there. Shamrock Rovers, reigning champions. They are 1-0 down to Longford as it stands at Talla. And Finn Harps and Sligo was the other game. That's scoreless as well. And then, of course, in the FA Cup semi-final, still half-time at Wembley. It's Chelsea nil. Man City nil. We're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we're chatting to Ronnie Whelan about all the weekend's football in the FA Cup and the Premier League. And we'll hear more from the Ireland women's camp as well. We'll hear from the Ireland women's manager, Adam Griggs, after their 56 points to 15 defeat to France in the women's Six Nations today. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, it is the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. It's Colm O'Sullivan with you until 7, wrapping up all the weekend sports and indeed looking ahead to plenty more sport across the weekend as well. We are going to be going back to Energia Park in just a little while before 7 o'clock, getting the reaction from the Ireland women's rugby manager, Adam Griggs, uh, to their defeat uh, going down, as we said with Valerie earlier on, 56 15, the final score against France today in the Women's Six Nations. More reaction from that to come before seven. But right now we are sticking with football and it's a big weekend in the Premier League and the FA Cup. The second half just underway now in that um, FA Cup semi-final. Still Chelsea nil, Man City nil. And then tomorrow you've got two games in the Premier League. Arsenal and Fulham is the early game of the day at half past one. Man United versus Burnley at four and one game in the FA Cup. The other semi-final, Leicester and Southampton at 6.30 tomorrow. And then Monday night, it's Leeds, who actually got a great win against Man City last week against Liverpool, who will be hoping they can get back into the Champions League and get that top four spot that they so desperately crave because it would be a disaster for Liverpool, the reigning champions, to finish outside the top four this season. We're going to hear from a man who captained Liverpool now to many, many titles and obviously an Irish legend as well. The one and only Ronnie Whelan joins us on the show again this week. And we're going to start with the Wolves v Sheffield United game tonight and uh, then chat about all the games across the weekend. But on that Wolves versus Sheffield United game, it's been a terrible season for Sheffield United. United and Wolves haven't exactly set the world alight either. So I started off by asking Ronnie who he fancies tonight in that game. 
the thing is, the likes of um, Sheffield United know they're down. Um, heads drop a lot. If you get at them early on in the game, you go goal up and then it's like, oh, here we go again. So I think Wolves have to go at them. Wolves are very, very capable of going at them and scoring. They had a good win midweek. Um, I think Wolves will get get the three points against Sheffield United, as most teams have done throughout the season. Um, and I think Wolves will be good enough to win it fairly handsomely in the end. They're a good side. Let's have a look at Sunday's games then. There is Premier League and FA Cup again on Sunday. And Arsenal and Fulham is the first game of the day on Sunday. Now, Arsenal, they've been very indifferent this season. They've had a mixed bag of results. They got a good result in Europe during the week and they're through in the Europa League, one away in Prague. And Fulham are on, they're still in that relegation battle, but I mean, they're on a run of form where they're trying to kind of get out of it. They're the team that you might expect to get out of it. They've been doing quite well in recent weeks. How do you fancy it? Arsenal versus Fulham, it's a tough one to call. It is a tough one to call because of, as you say, Fulham are battling the way. They're also playing some good stuff, Fulham, and they're really, really trying so hard for the manager to get Scott Parker to get them out of this dilemma they're in. But Arsenal, we know they're up and down this season. You don't know which Arsenal you're going to get. Um, but they're at home, and I think they'll, they, the good Arsenal will turn up this weekend and probably um, push Fulham, unfortunately for them, further into relegation. I, I think Arsenal will be too strong for them on the day at home. If they can get the, the, the top men performing, they will win it for me fairly easily again. Arteta, do you think he's under pressure? I mean, it's, the last couple of weeks, people have been saying maybe Arteta's coming under a little bit of pressure now. He's kind of had a free pass all along. Do you think that people are kind of starting to examine performances and starting to examine how Arsenal are going to finish up this season and say maybe he's not the man? Well, they questioned him straight away, didn't they, after the Liverpool defeat? They said he played the, the wrong way, went defensively, tried to hit them on the break, and, he, and they did, to be fair, got it fairly wrong. Um but I think he's a good manager. I think he will. I think he will hang. Yes, he is under pressure. I think he'll hang on to his job for this season definitely. Um, but these are the sort of games that if he doesn't win, then he's going to be put under so much more pressure. Um, but I think it seems to be that, that, that everyone's behind him. Everyone seems to be happy with what he's doing. So, as I mean, as players, everyone seems to be happy with what he's doing. So, um, yeah, I think he'll have them all up and ready for this game. And I suppose Scott Parker will have Fulham up and ready for it as well. I mean, Scott Parker is another young manager that the club seem to be very much behind. And he, he's, he's a good guy. He's a popular guy at Fulham. Do you think he has what it takes to, to get Fulham out of the, the relegation battle this year? Do you think they can escape it or do you think it's a little bit late for them? That's it. I, I think that's how you'd sum it up. It's a little bit late for them. They, they've been playing all right, haven't they? They've been getting results here and there. Um, maybe just not enough. Maybe just not good enough to, to get up. Um, yeah, that's why I'd fancy Arsenal to win this one and put Fulham further in the mind. And you got Man United and Burnley then on Sunday afternoon as well. Um, a big game for United. It's their game in hand over Man City. Man City playing in the FA Cup. They could reduce that gap with Man City to eight points at the top of the Premier League team uh, table if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's team win this weekend. Like, they've had a good season. They won again in Europe. They're into the semi-finals of the Europa League. They're second in the Premier League. They should be guaranteed Champions League football for next season. But I mean, I was listening to some of the commentary during the week and people are saying, could United mount a title challenge at this late stage? If they won tomorrow, they still have to play City. If they beat City as well, it would be down to five points. It's probably like we were saying about Fulham. It's probably just a little bit late. But do you think there's a, a tiny possibility? I was actually today talking to some Man United fans and they can't believe the position they're in because they don't think they're a, they're, they're a very good team, a very good squad. They don't really rate the manager. 
something must be right because the second in the league, as you say, um, they're going well in, in the Europa League. There's an awful lot of good players in the squad and he, he seems to be getting them gelling together now, sort of to making a good team. Um, you can't be a bad team to be second in the Premiership with, um, as you say, eight, eight points behind Man City or... It's it's still open, and we all thought it was that's it. City miles ahead of everybody. They they, they won't be caught. But as you say, United play City as well. Um, City in the cup this week. It, it's I, I can't see them getting ahead of City. I don't. I can't see City throwing it away. That's that's the main thing. I, so um, I'd be very very surprised if United could could win the league. Um, but the way they're going, funnier things have happened. And just on that, like, I mean, a lot of people are saying as well, and I've heard people saying that maybe Man City have more on their plate than United do for the rest of the season. They're still going on four fronts, possibly could get that quadruple. But I think Man City probably have, have enough in their squad. They have two teams pretty much in their squad. So that won't affect them, whereas United wouldn't have the same strength and depth. So you wouldn't fancy them probably in that regard. No, they, they haven't. City have got such depth in, in the team. And it's not like he's bringing four 19, 20-year-olds, 21-year-olds in. They're all seasoned pros. They're all very, very experienced footballers. I think that's why you can you can change them all about um, going for the four trophies. Um, yeah, City are just way, be ahead of, way ahead of everybody else at the minute in the Premiership. And Champions League still go for it. I think they've got enough in the locker that all the players that they've got at the football club will be enough for them to win at least two of the, the four trophies. And it's Burnley for Manchester United, as we said this weekend. You fancy United there, Ronnie, would you? I do fancy United to win that one. It's not going to be easy. We're not Burnley. It's never an easy game against Burnley. You know, they'll lash a lot of long balls up to the centre forwards. They'll battle, they'll fight, they'll pick up second balls. Um, it's, they don't play pretty football, but it's effective for them. Um, so it won't be easy for Man United, but they should win it. The other FA Cup semi-final then on Sunday as well. Leicester versus Southampton. Leicester still up there in the top four, but maybe not as safe in the top four as they were a couple of weeks ago. But it's the FA Cup for them this weekend. They'll fancy their chances against Southampton. Will they fancy their chances of of winning a trophy, of winning the FA Cup? I mean, any trophy is huge for Leicester. They got the Premier League a couple of weeks ago. They'd love to add an FA Cup as well. Do you think they, they have what it takes to beat Southampton and qualify for the final this weekend? When you get to the semi-final, you, you do really honestly believe this is our year, we can go on and do this. And I'm sure Southampton players are thinking the very same thing, that we've come this far, we've got a game at Wembley, let's all get together, we'll cause Leicester loads of problems. Um, but Leicester will be thinking the same, they want to win a trophy. I think they'll all know that maybe it's going to be Man City in the final, which is a, a big one. Mm. They don't usually get beaten a lot of finals, Man City. But just to get to the final of the FA Cup would be would be tremendous, and I, I, I see Leicester. The, the some of the the, the play is, is really really good. I just see them being a little bit too strong for Southampton. Then it's your club on Monday night in the Premier League, the last game of the weekend, Ronnie. Leeds against Liverpool. Leeds will be in good mood. They'll be nice and confident after the win against Man City last weekend. Liverpool, as we said, you don't know what to expect these days. They played quite well in Europe during the week. Didn't get the result they needed against Madrid. But again, it's probably a tough game to call, but Liverpool are hitting form in the Premier League. They've had, they've had a couple of wins over the last few weeks and they're hoping now they can push into that top four, really, aren't they? Yeah, um, their away performances are an awful lot better than the home performances as well. When they're on the road, they, they don't seem to have many major problems winning a game. But Leeds, as you said, beat Man City last week. We'll be delighted. They'll be, um, they'll be strong, they'll be happy. They'll, they'll want to go and, and, and beat Liverpool. Um, Liverpool haven't played in Europe. They can't be in a great state of mind because they lost and they're out of the Champions League. So it, it's a chance 
it's a chance for Leeds to go and win the game, especially at home. Okay, Ronnie, let's get your bet then with Sport Nation this week. We want to win something for charity here in Cork. Let's see if we can get a few quid finally this week. Who are you going to go for? Well, we've not been doing great, to be fair. Have we? We've not been doing great. There's, there's always one game that catches us. <laughs> there's always a game somewhere along the line. I'm going for three um, three home wins this weekend, and it gives three to one. So, uh, Wolves to be Sheffield United, Arsenal to be Fulham, and Man United to be Burnley. Uh, Wolves at home Arsenal at home Man United at home We're going to go for Three home wins there Three to one Fingers crossed We can get a few quid Into the kitty Ahead of the end of the season Because we've only got About five or six weeks Left before the end of the season So we want to start Building it up Ronnie listen You're a gent Thanks a million for chatting to us And uh, we'll chat to you again Next week Cheers Cole Thanks Nice one Literally since myself and Ronnie Were talking Just a couple of minutes ago About Man City Possibly winning a quadruple All four trophies Champions League Premier League The League Cup next week With the final against Spurs And of course The FA Cup Which they're in the semi-final of right now Chelsea Have scored uh, literally in the last two minutes Chelsea won Man City nil is the score now at Wembley and it is uh, 1-0 there after 55 minutes uh, so 57 minutes on the clock there now and Chelsea won up on Man City so um, maybe Man City might not be doing any quadruple after all Chelsea going really really well under Thomas Tuchel since he took over from Frank Lampard a little while ago um, so we'll see how that game pans out still still over half an hour left plenty of time for Man City to get back into it so right now we're going to go back to rugby though and we're going back to Dublin to energy Park. Valerie, as we said, was up there for us earlier on. We were chatting to her earlier about that match. And after the game, Valerie was chatting to Ireland women's manager Adam Griggs after they lost today to France 56-15. And he started off by telling Valerie that he was still able to take some positives out of the game, despite the bad result and the scoreline. I think there's still some positives that we can look at through the game. Um, But certainly we felt we're probably better than that scoreline reflects. So We've got to review the, the footage and, um, you know, get back to the drawing board, I suppose, for next week. Did you feel like maybe some of the damage was done in the first half, Adam? Oh, absolutely. I think you look at the first two tries um, that we gave them came through our own errors. You know, we, we miss a line out, which gives them a scrum. Uh, our defensive setup was wrong, which, you know, against a quality outfit like that, they exploited straight away and score on the edge. And then that's in try where we're hot on attack. But turn the ball over in contact and one kick over the top of us into the backfield and and they're scoring again next to the post so we certainly felt that a few of those tries just came from our own mistakes and you know against the quality team you just got to be I know someone like Eva Considine was extremely important in the second half today you know she's some great tackles that you know prevented them from conceding more yeah Eva's Keeps um, keeps shining, I suppose. You know, she was our last line of defence a few times there, and she she puts her body on the line and uh, makes those tackles. But I guess when we're looking at it as a coaching group, it's uh, how did they get through that first line of defence, and uh, where did we you know make an error that puts her in that position? But um, you know, for the most part, she stood up and, and did what she could. Other players as well, including Stacey Flood. Yeah, I think the the impact of uh, Emily Lane and Stacey Flood was was quite good. It's that you know in that last 25, 30 minutes where the game really opened up, that that kind of suits them. And um, I guess with that sevens background, you know, it was very unstructured. It was a lot of open play, and I thought they did quite well to, to play what was in front of them. And you know, we did keep some pressure on France in that in that uh, last quarter, but uh, ultimately just not enough. How easy do you think it will be to lift the team? Um, I know obviously had a positive week last week, but this is a, it's a, quite a comprehensive defeat. What's the character like in this team and how easy will it be to lift it? 
uh, you know, you can understand they're a bit um, bit down at the moment, but low on energy. The the bodies are sore, and when you have a loss, they always the body always feels a lot more sore than it than it might be in a couple of days. But uh, you know, we spoke as a group that we've got to take the learnings from this game and. Uh, you know, show that we are the third best team in this competition and the only way you can do that is by going out next week and putting on a a performance that we can be proud of and if we can do that then uh, we want to leave no doubts where we sit in this uh, Six Nations Championship. France are obviously a a very strong side and a semi-professional side. What did you see in your team that you expected maybe a little bit more areas you could have been a bit more competitive in across the game? I think we probably let them play a little bit too much. Um, we spoke about it, our line speed and, you know, really trying to force errors on them. And, and in the first kind of 10 minutes, we did that and we forced some mistakes. But then we, we just sat off a little bit and they're just too good to sit off and let them play at you. So we've got to make sure that, you know, the way we start a game in that first 10 minutes, bringing that energy, we have to maintain it. And if you don't do that, um, it, it becomes an arm wrestle. And against France, it was... Um, you know, it was far too difficult to, to try and get that back. We, we always talk about earning the right to play and, um, you know, at times we did that, but ultimately we spoke about the breakdown being really important to us and I think we are probably just a little bit slow in that area where we let them get hands on the ball or um, even just bodies in the way that kind of stifled that. And so, you know, it's very hard to then try and get it to your threats out wider if you don't have that tempo and that momentum to actually get there. So I think that's something we've got to keep improving on as well. And we've spoken before about um, markers and targets that you set for the team in games. How many of those do you think you met today or what do you think you did well? Yeah, well, ultimately, we probably didn't uh, meet enough of those markers, to be fair. You know, when you look at what we did last week around our set piece, um, which laid the platform for some of some of the uh, more expansive play. We missed out. We missed our timing in our lineouts this week. You know, our, our jump and throw wasn't quite there. Um, obviously, the scrum is another area that we've just got to stay consistent with. At times, you know, we were able to maintain it and get the ball out quickly of how we wanted to play, and then at other times we were pushed off it. So that's a real mindset thing for us as well, I think, and keeping our focus in that area. On the gap with likes of still France and England, you know, I know it comes up a lot, but where do you think that is now? Have France gotten even better or where do you think you sit in comparison to them? Well, I think, you know, we got France on a really good day and we weren't at our best and it was always going to take our best to, to be competitive in this game. So I think that's probably the first thing. And, you know, we're on a bit of a different journey. Like I know we've improved and I look at last week and, um, you know, last week's performance doesn't make us a great team, but ultimately this week's performance uh, doesn't make us a bad team. We've just got to make sure we can improve from this week's game um, into next week. And really, whoever we play, we want to show that we are uh, in that top three half of this table. That is Ireland women's rugby manager Adam Griggs speaking to our Valerie and indeed some of the other media after the match today in the Women's Six Nations finishing, as we said, Ireland 15, France 56. That's the manager Adam Griggs giving his views there. And um, 
taking quite a positive outlook out of it uh, despite the heavy scoreline and the defeat today and uh, France now go on to face England in the final of the Women's Six Nations next weekend now um, we were mentioning Cork City earlier on and uh, the Cork City men's team and of course they were defeated last night by Shelburne 3-1 in um, Turner's Cross today uh, a little bit better for the Cork women's team they managed to draw at least anyway the Cork City FC women's team played out a cracker of a draw against Bowes in the Women's National League this afternoon up in Dublin the game finished 3-all and after the match Oisín Langan was speaking with uh, Cork City women's boss Ronan Collins Well here in the Oscar Trainer Centre with Ronan Collins the manager of Cork City following a 3-all draw with Bohemians Ronan good result or bad result it's, it's hard to say is it? Yeah I suppose it is um, I suppose when you're up in a game and you concede a goal later on you're disappointed about it and I suppose earlier on in the season against Galway we were down in the game we scored a late one so mixed emotions but we got to be I suppose one thing we always try to do is focus on the performance I think there was a lot of positive elements to the performance I suppose periods of time but we just need to bring that I suppose consistency and urgency over the course of the match and is that just about playing games because it is still early in the season does that consistency come when you work together and kind of get deeper into the season yeah it does and I suppose it's a lot to do with the age of the squad we're very young and we're the youngest when we have all our players we probably have four of our most experienced missing at the moment so that obviously puts an extra onus on players but they're learning all the time they're making improvements to their game we can see parts coming up and what we're asking them to do individually so we have to be happy with that stuff as well but we want to keep that demand high so we can keep that development going and I know inside there there'll be stuff the girls be disappointed by but we got to thrive off that disappointment which we do but again I thought especially that second part of the first half I thought we played some really really good football so we have to be happy about that as well you were desperately unlucky in the end uh, Eva Mangan missing that chance she had a great game she was just unlucky got under it rather than over it yeah yeah no definitely we might do a bit of striking from the edge with her because she picked up some really good areas and I suppose a lot earlier on this season she's been dropping in Lincoln it was great to see her adding that little break onto her game as well she's technically a very good player so I have no doubt she's going to stick a few of them before the end of the season Okay, Ronan Collins, thanks for joining us. That's the Cork City manager, Ronan Collins, joining us here at the Oscar Trainer Centre, where City have drawn 3 all with Bohemians. It's a game well worth watching back on LOI TV. That's Oshin Langan there chatting to the Cork City women's manager, Ronan Collins, after their big 3 all draw. What a game today uh, in the Women's National League against Bohemians. And as Oshin mentioned there, uh, you can watch the games on LOI TV as well. It's not just the men's games, the women's games, which is fantastic, are all now on LOI TV as well from the Women's National League. Uh, just before we finish up, we'll bring you uh, the latest from Wembley. 66 minutes on the clock there now, and it is still Chelsea 1, Man City 0 in the FA Cup semi-final. Still... Uh, about 25 minutes for Man City to get back in that game and keep their quadruple hopes alive that is us out of time for this evening on the Big Red Bench Rory will be here tomorrow evening have a great Saturday night enjoy the rest of your weekend and stand by for Mr Stevie G on the way The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM